I, I know December 21st is the winter solstice. What's the summer solstice? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not a... I can't pretend to tell you that I know that. I'm well, not some fat goth girl. <laughs> I was going to say, Bob, I nominate you to become pagan and find out for us. <laughs> There's pagans in the house, but I, I don't feel like calling them right now. Don't tell them that I said fat goth girl. I don't need that shit coming down on me. This is where you just cut in a picture of uh, John's face like this. <laughs> so is he a band? He's not here because of band, right? Probably Apparently. Flute stuck in his pussy. I don't know. <laughs> 55 degrees over here. And it's fucking hot here. I'm not I'm not trying to rub it in. Like, it's actually just fucking hot. And kind no, of horrible, it's, honestly. it's actually kind of nice out here for the first yeah. time in quite a while. Yeah, 55 for us, right Bob, now, is a heat wave. <laughs> it, it's 80, and it feels like 90 at the moment. Yeah, I miss that, though, too. I do. I, I really do miss the muggy mugginess of Florida. I do until I have to get in and out of my car, and my car, my car AC struggles to keep up with the bullshit. See, I didn't have AC when I lived in Florida. In the car, anyway. Dude, it... If you if you like drive for a living, you have to. Otherwise, you can't drive. It really makes you think, like, like when you see like the Patriot, yeah. at, like set in that time frame, like where they're living in those old plantation houses. How they did it, and I'm, and I'm not talking like the rich white people in plantation houses. I'm talking about everybody back then who lived in the South. Yeah. How they lived in that climate without air conditioning. I lived in one growing up out in Alva. I was only there for like two years, and we had no AC in that house. It had a this huge fan in the attic that sucks some of the heat out of the attic. Yeah, but it, instead it of blowing house. down, it blows up like through a vent right. hole in the roof, and, right? And it's the loudest fucking thing in the world. I love that house, though, man. It was in the woods, and we were renting it from the neighbors. It was like they owned like half of Alva. This is one of the houses that was in the family. In the backyard, there was a water towel that had barn owls. Like, the ones, like, straight out of Labyrinth, they would just look out at you at night. And, uh, we left, and then, I want to say it was maybe, yeah, it was over ten years ago now, me and Brady went back there, just on a random whim. And I drove down the driveway up to the house and knocked on the door, and the guy's like, can I help you? I'm like, actually, I used to live here. He's like, how do I know you used to live here? I'm like, because right there, there used to be a water tower. He's like, you're right. The bolts are still in the ground. And he took me in and gave me a tour of all the cabinetry he had hand-built and all that shit. It was beautiful, man. He's like, we did put in an AC system. I'm like, good for you, bro. Because <laughs> it's fucking hot in here. Then we can all do our OnlyFans straight from your house. <laughs> oh my god, then I can go down to the dispensary and buy a shitload of weed in celebration with the rest of the money. I'm putting all mine towards debt. I have no debt. I'm not touching mine because I don't have a job. You drive? Yeah, I do. But don't say you don't have a job. Well, I don't. I'm an independent contractor. contractor. He doesn't have steady a steady no. job. A solid it, you should put on. You should put ads on Craigslist for wet work, and then when you show up uh, for the job and they ask you to pee on a guy, you'd be like, "That's not what I'm doing here." I was going to my car <clears throat> and uh. There's this, there's a guy who works there who uh who works in the computer section. He doesn't really talk to anybody. He doesn't. He's not part of like the clicky groups in the store. You know how that shit goes. And he's like, "Why are you leaving early? Why is your shirt off?" 
I'm like, I don't work here anymore. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I was the sacrificial lamb. He's like, what the fuck? You're the only one that helps anybody around here. Sacrificial lamb is the term that uh, MBS's kill squad used to refer to Jamal Khashoggi when they uh, killed him. So that uh, that's a trigger. That's a trigger for me, Bob. Just thought I'd let you Bro. know, man. I don't think I understood half the words you just said. Hey, man, there was a guy the other day. There's a new Nike shoe out that has been banned from a lot of um, Olympic trials and things of that nature because they make you faster. They have <laughs> carbon fiber plates that literally spring back and oh, wow. literally literally propel you. So did this guy it? was told, hey, you can't... I was going to say, did they call up Benny Rodriguez to get a pair of his PF Flyers? <laughs> Something similar. Oh, okay. But, uh, so... Oscar Brasaurus? He just, he took his shoes off, and he's like, I'll fucking run barefoot. And he set a new world record barefoot. Ouch. That's... Ouch. Yeah, I mean, it was like a 1400, and he ran it in a new world record. Literally, it's an... In it's a thing to prove to yourself. It's not really about anyone else. I had a buddy in Just the Navy. Just say, yeah, I can fucking do that. I had a buddy in the Navy. That's... His name was Collins. When I showed up to England, he was a second class. He was the generation ahead of me in our job rating. Smart guy. He was just a good leader. But his addiction, like people are addicted to drugs or drinking, his addiction was running. And I, I was stationed mm -hmm. with him in England. And then when I went to the ship... He got sent to an air squadron that was attached to the same ship as me. So me and him spent the majority of our career together, and we kept in touch for a few years after we got out. And because he, he got out too, and he went to work uh, in LA. He's from LA originally. He like got like a uh, assistant direct, like assistant director, you know, something in the movie industry. His wife was on a Disney program. His wife had her, her own Disney program. His wife was rich, and he married into it. Uh, and then they got divorced. Uh, anyway, after the divorce, he really went down the addiction of running. And he was doing ultra marathons like every week. And it got to the point where it fucked his feet up so bad that the doctor had to tell him, you can't run anymore. And I'm not kidding. Like, if you had like cirrhosis of the liver and you're drunk and a doctor told you you couldn't drink anymore, you'd ever seen like a drunk cry. Like, well, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. die. That's how he was. It hit him emotionally that he couldn't run anymore. So there are those people it's out horrible. there. It's horrible. There are those people out there. I ruptured my bicep the first time. I was sure I was going to come back and get back to lifting heavy soon. And when I ruptured it the second time, I was like, I have a feeling it's ruptured, but I'm like, I'm going to hold out hope that it's not. And I went to the doctor, and she's like, yeah, it's, it's even worse. And... It was the most deflating and most defeated I've felt in my life. Like She's like, if you tear it again, your arm can never be fixed. I was just like, well, I'm just going to eat a lot of cake now. <laughs> I mean... When I broke my ankle, I went through the same thing, so I know exactly what I mean. I used to work out all the time, and then when the ankle broke, it's painful to work out for me now. Like, to run, to do anything, it's just bone on bone. I know the feeling you got. Or you're just like, well, I'll just give up and eat cake. Yeah. Cheese I'll take it Black Forest cake. <laughs> Carrot cake. Cake batter. <laughs> Dude, did I tell you about the time my wives made me a pie cake? -in? A what? A pie cake. -in. You know what a turducken is? It's, it's a yeah. pie inside of a cake. 
Right. So this is a pie baked into the middle of a cake. Yeah. It's what a kind pie of pie? What, what kind of pie? What kind of cake? That's a big, big thing right there. So we did. All right, bro. We a did peach so, pie. A peach pie baked inside of a pineapple upside down cake. That could dude, be pretty dope. We went in hard with a pumpkin pie baked inside of a German chocolate cake. Fuck that. Fuck that. So good. Then they like did one that pie. was a cherry like pie baked into a chocolate cake. I don't think I'm going to practice hamster style anymore. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hold on. I just got a text back from Josh. He's like, that's just, he's like, that's funny you asked me that. I just sent all my snares out to be fixed for, by the drum dock. I will. Give me a day or two, maybe three or four. It was more cool and relaxed around Henry Rollins meeting him in person than I probably would be around Josh. I feel like Henry Rollins that, gives off that cool vibe, that, though. He doesn't give off so much that vibe. He just gives off the, he gives off an intense vibe, but he, he he's very friendly. But he's he very much is the person that you see him as on podcast. He's very certain. Nice to meet you. He, when he he'll write back anytime you email him on his website or on a, a social media or whatever. He will write back every time on the day you write him, and he always signs it like your pal HR. It's funny as fuck, man. But he's very much like that very direct like thank you it's really appreciative i think to your point doug like that that attitude that he has where he's so connected with his fans where he replies back i think that's a testament to why he's had such a career in many different venues not just music and has been able to be around this long and rep and relevant because he has that connection well, sure, with it him. sure it is he's got his own publishing company the guy's been writing his own books and putting out his own spoken word albums for what three decades four decades He's been producing photography books from his travels. He's just got some incredible stories of traveling to other countries and, and experiencing different things, man, on another level. I love listening to that guy talk. So the term relevant, you know, people like to use that term relevant. Like, okay. it, like, is, Marilyn like Manson, is Marilyn Manson still relevant? You know what I mean? For some Prior people. to this shit happening. Not, not, not as much as he used to be as far as like mainstream success, but to, to his core group of people who follow him, like, any, like Henry Rollins, there are, there are people who will support that guy and, and, until he's, he's dead. That's, he's, he's just kind of created that, mythic, that myth about him. Yeah. Alex Jones was on Flagrant 2 this week, and I have got to say... After being canceled, he's still making a good living. But that was one of the best podcasts I've heard in a long, long time. And Alex Jones has been on many a podcast since he's been canceled. But for some reason, that Flagrant 2 podcast I thought was the best performance, he, well, best podcast he's done since he's been canceled. I mean, it was very much himself, but he also, it was, to me, it was the most, I think for somebody who, who, vehemently hates Alex Jones or doesn't like the character of Alex Jones or InfoWars or any of that shit, I think it's the most tolerable sit-down, two-hour interview you can listen to of that guy. Like, he's not over-the-top annoying with all kinds of ridiculous shit. He actually had some some shit. He's, he had some, some responses to, like, Glenn Maxwell and shit that, like, blew my mind. Like, that shit, shit I didn't know. And whether or not it's true or not, I never I didn't follow up but just some of the insight that he had on certain things 
seem legit in the way he presented them because he wasn't being over the top kind of cartoony about it. Like he, he got real serious. Like, no, like, like her father was this and he did this and he was an MI4 and, you know, whereas like when they start talking about transgender shit or, or, or LGBT, then he kind of starts amping up the, the, the character that everybody knows him for. But it really was like a, a very fascinating uh, interview, I thought. Yeah, I enjoyed Alex, listening to it. Alex, who is the uh, the producer of the show, he's the one black guy on the crew. He hates Alex Jones, and I know because I watch the podcast really regularly. And by the end of the podcast, like I think Alex won Alex over a little bit. The the producer like like came to say he was you know what, quite a throughout the episode. What's that? There's just times that happens, you know, like. There's been many a motherfucker that I don't like, and then you sit down and talk to them, and you're like, you know what? You're not that fucking horrible. Yeah. You know, that's just like, we're, that we're not going to hang out. But... That, like, we actually talked as human beings, and not through Twitter or Facebook or right. <clears throat> insert internet platform here. Speaking of, did you guys watch that link I sent you of the guy reacting to watching American History X the first time? Yeah, but I had seen that before somewhere. I, the I didn't ending watch it when he, through, he's just sure talking about it. it was I, I loved his take on it. When he's talking about racism and he's like, dude, he's like, I don't give a fuck. He's yeah. like he's like, I'm black as night and he's like white man, black man, yellow man. He's like, You come and try to steal my shit? I don't know you. I'm gonna blow your shit back. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, he's like, he's like, how do I know you're not gonna try to hurt my family? Of course, I'm gonna fucking kill him. Like, he's like, if you think I'm a horrible person for saying that, that's fine. <laughs> there has to be common sense among certain things, like being being able to to tell the difference between something being sensationalized to get you riled up and something that's clearly not as big as they're making it out to be. And not a lot of people do do that. That's one of the biggest reasons why I got off Facebook is is there's just so yeah. much. So much obvious horseshit that people just buy into on all sides, and I just couldn't tolerate it, man. I'll tell you what—he started bringing up South Park's episode this past weekend, and they actually like the the intro to the episode. I thought was was the most relevant. It's funny, but it was the most relevant to what we what's been going on in in, in our in in the country right now. When it says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and will still be wrong in the future. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Like the Muppets, this show should not be watched. I had somebody give me their, their take on a meme that I posted in a private message, and I'm like, okay, that's valid, but like, why are we talking about it in a private message? Like, yeah, I saw that. Spark conversation, man. I will get to it at some point. Um, just to make Doug proud, I uh, I ordered something last night that I, I don't know that I ever saw in its entirety. So I bought the original Stand miniseries on Blu-ray. should be here tomorrow. You'll make John more proud with that than you would me. If if you really want to make me proud when it comes to the stand, I would have said go for the Marvel graphic novel that they that they made a few years back. It's going to be expensive. I, I heard it's dude, it's super expensive. <laughs> it's expensive, but I got to tell you, aside from the book itself, it is the the one of the most 
one of the best adaptations of the story. The CBS movie is not horrible. It certainly follows the structure of the book a lot more than the newer CBS All Access version did. John loves the the, the original. It's got a, an amazing cast. I'll give it that. But it just it, it is what it is. It's a, it was a made for TV '90s miniseries, so it's very much it, it a product it, it, of its time. Yeah. One of the only one of the only things from that period that that to me still holds up as well made and terrifying is the original it. Agreed. I, I think that's the only thing from that time period that ever really did anything for me like that. Now see, for me, the only thing about that version of it that holds up at all is Tim Curry's performance. Because it was like, okay, the way I look at that film now, rewatching it, is that like we have this much of a budget. We have eighty grand to spend. We'll spend seventy five thousand on Tim Curry, and we're going to get a bunch of people from the YMCA to do the rest of the roles. Like the other actors, just I don't find believable compared to Tim Curry. Speaking as a fat kid in the nineties, how dare you besperch the memory of John Ritter? Look, John Ritter. He he did one good thing in his life. Hold I'm, your I'm gonna, fucking I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm about shut to your your Paul, in. shut the fuck up, Paul. Bob, choose your next fucking words very carefully. It was that show, uh, Three's Company, dude. You're a fucking imbecile. I love you, but you are a fucking imbecile. Tell, please tell me more. Real men, the, the only movie, the only thing James Belushi ever did in his life that I personally enjoy was a movie called Real Men with John Ritter. Never mind Problem Child 1 and Problem Child 2. Sling Blade? I John Ritter. Enjoy those films. John Ritter is a goddamn national treasure. Stay Tuned was a fantastic yep. movie from the 90s with John Ritter. You didn't like Never heard of it. Wait, you, wait, wait, wait. Oh you my god, like it's a movie you would love. It's a movie. Ne Send me a link. I've never heard of it. You didn't like Sling Blade? Yes, he in Sling Blade? He was in Sling Blade. He was the gay, was the gay man with the flat the dollar top. Store Not man funny. Ha, ha, ha. I legit don't remember him being in Sling Blade. He was one of the John Ritter. Characters. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. I don't remember him in that role. John Ritter is one of the most slept on best actors. It, it, to me, he's a lot like Christopher Reeves, forgotten and fantastic. Let me look up the cast. There's a, there's a face I keep picturing in the original It miniseries, and I can't remember the guy's name. Hold on. The guy from uh, the uh, from, from Night Court? Richard, uh, well, there's Richard Masher. There's uh, the judge from Night Court, Harry, Harry Anderson. Um, no, it was... Um, I can't think of the black guy's name. Yeah, dude, stay tuned. Is like Richard Thomas. Richard Thomas. Was he the yep. one from the Waltons? Yep. He played uh, Bill. Yep, he's yeah, from he the Waltons. He's the one yeah. from the Waltons. Yep. He played John yeah. Boy. Um, stay yep. tuned, just to give you like an inside clip. And I haven't watched it in over a decade, but it's one of my favorite movies this as weekend. a child. Watched it's, it last weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. Amazon Prime. Evil futuristic corporation tries to punish a husband and wife. By sending them through different TV shows? Not at all. I know it's the um, newspaper. Guy. John Ritter plays the lazy husband who's addicted to TV, like game shows and shit like that. that. And his wife is like a businesswoman who works her ass off and is on the brink of leaving him and taking their two children. And Jeffrey, the red, the, the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the pedophile in real life. Yeah. I can't think of his name now. Yeah, Jeffrey, he, he, he shows... 
he shows up on the doorstep as a as a satellite dish salesman and sells him on this ultimate cable package when reality he is the demon from hell who is trying to entrap souls of like the simple-minded people and this is one of the ways he entraps this guy by sucking him into the satellite dish where he lives his hell through all these popular versions of TV shows that we all love but they're like hellified like instead of Wayne's World it's Wayne's Underworld with zombie Wayne and Garth like it's 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 a dumb movie but it's a fascinating movie there's a he he ends up jumping into a prince video and becoming prince and wearing like the bandana wrapped up around his his head and shit like it's it's a fun movie it's a dated movie but it's a fun movie him and his wife become the nwa tag team champions yep i remember this movie from 89 skin deep but it says here he was on Scrubs for nine years. Who the fuck was he in Scrubs? He, he played main... Sam Dorian on Scrubs. He was the main character's father, right? He was, he was JD's J- dad. Yeah, he was yeah. JD's dad. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How did I forget that? Jesus Christ. In fairness, like, I have the box set for that show, and it's on Hulu, and I haven't watched it in probably 15, 20 years since I first watched it. I, I remember love Scrubs. You're the, you're the one that got me into Scrubs, and and our our the first time you lived with me, and our relationship would, became JD and Turk. Like we started mimicking the stupid things they did in the show, and then I started falling in love with the soundtrack for the show. Do you know on Gas Digital, uh, uh, Paul, disgusting Hawk with uh, Jessica Kirsten? Jessica Kirsten is a is a comedian, uh, Bob, um, who is a host of a podcast on Gas Digital. She's Zach Braff's sister in real life. Okay. Her last name, her real last name. That's, that yes, that's her brother in real life. Interesting. And Bob, she's, she's, not, she's, she's a, one of those attractive she's, lesbians. She's, <laughs> she is a hilarious, uh, hilarious lesbian um, and, and has like this multiple personality disorder uh, that she uses for her show like she does voices and characters and she's funny as fuck man i wish i could read oh that's the banana peel that was the star i was gonna say i wish i could reach to the camera and punch you in the face if it was the star <laughs> my one of my favorite images from scrubs the entire time is when they have turk's head painted like a basketball and jd is pretending to dribble his head i like um I like when Michael J. Fox is on the t- on the roof taking a shit, <laughs> and he just like leaves that Polaroid for him. And he's like, he went to go get advice from him at the end of the season, and he went up to the roof to where the where it was the only place he felt comfortable taking a shit. <laughs> and he went up to the roof to go get advice from the guy, and Michael J. Fox wasn't there, but he just left the Polaroid of him sitting on the toilet taking a shit. He's just like, go out and find your own roof, JT. <laughs> when that show ended, it was one of my favorite endings of all time. Even wait. Which ending? The, the, when he's the... walking down the hallway and you see every person that's ever been on the show lined up and just kind of just looking at him as he's walking out of the hospital. I know a lot of people, uh, I, I, that might have been the very last one. Yeah, not, he, not, he not stayed... the fairy, there was the fairy tale ending and then there was that ending. Well, the, 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 I'm thinking of the, the, the final ending that they gave us was... Um, the spin, not so much a spinoff series, but it was like the final season of Scrubs where he was the the medical uh, Aziz Ansari, I think, was on it for a there, couple. He episodes. was like the teaching, he was the teaching yeah. doctor or whatever. Yeah. That, that's the last that I remember Scrubs. That's how I remember Scrubs ending was that that season. I didn't watch that season after 
to me it was kind of just done after that like they they put it to bed and the, the kind of like I don't think there's any Terminator movie after T2 you know the main actor they in that season exist, but the main I like doctor, salvation the main doctor in that season I I've always called him the pilot actor because he's the guy who create like he's in every single pilot show that only goes one season and never gets picked yeah. up. Ted may be one of my favorite characters on that show, just based on how that guy portrays him. I remember living with you, watching that show for the first time, and dying of laughter and coming out of my room, having to trying to explain what I just watched and why I was laughing as hard as I was laughing. When Ted's walking through the cafeteria holding his lunch tray. And he's got a carton of chocolate milk and a chicken sandwich. And JT or, or uh, John, uh, the other doctor, the hotshot doctor who didn't take shit from like... Dr. Cox. Dr. Cox. When Dr. Cox, like, he, he like flings something. He like, he, he takes like a rubber band and does like a spitball or something. I can't remember what it was, but it ricochets through the whole fucking cafeteria and pops through Ted's chocolate milk like a bullet. And chocolate milk just starts spurting out on his chicken sandwich, and he's just like, "Oh no, my chicken!" <laughs> it just kills me every time I hear him say that. <laughs> Ted, you're awfully sweaty. It's a disease. <laughs> and the conclusion to this story is, Bob's opinion about John Ritter are fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I was off. I, I still gotta, stand by my Ray Liotta comments. So fuck you all. You got. You got to give him a. You got to give him a second chance, man. John Ritter is a really good actor. It's more fucking. Uh, yeah, that. There's just certain people that, even if they're a good actor, they just don't really stick with me. I'll tell you, as I'm going through and rewatching, um, a lot of late 2000, early 2010 shows. An actor who I never realized was as big and as good as he was is the guy who played uh, Unser on Sons of Anarchy. He's in a lot more shit than I remember him. Dude, he was in Seven. Yeah, he was in Seven. He is is a very fantastic uh, character actor that's been around. He's especially in, like, the world of horror movies and stuff. Like, he is awesome. He's, look, Bobby Elvis is one of my favorite characters on that show. Um, too, and one that physically I could relate to the most, other than wearing the jumpsuit. I would never worn an Elvis jumpsuit, but I would for the right amount of money. But you know, I watched that show. I I only did two two full watch throughs of Sons of Anarchy, and uh, yeah, there, there's stuff that I love about it, and there's stuff when I go back and I'm like, eh. You know, I know we talked about uh, the Ireland season, and some of you love it, some of you don't. I wasn't a huge fan of that season. Which one? The Ireland one they went season. to Ireland. Oh, yeah, that's one of my, one of my favorite seasons. I, personally, I was going to say, I think it's one of my favorites. I know John didn't like it, and that just shows you everybody's got different tastes. Yeah, I it, and I thought it was kind of middle of the road. I thought, like, half the season was good, and half of it just kind of fell off. Um, You know, kind of like, I know... Doug loves Kanye West. I've I've never thought to even give Kanye West a try. I and I'm in the boat you, with you on that one. I'm not a Kanye fan. But we all I th- I think everybody has stuff like that. I think it, Look, I'll be honest, like I never 
would have started listening to country music hadn't it had it not been for shows like justified or documentaries like the wild wonderful whites of west virginia that fucking movie jesus christ yeah it's a crazy fucking movie but the i i find myself listening to a lot of that music now as an adult i love that shit same with like like uh, Brad Paisley, we were talking about this the other day. Like the, ju- the there's a song in Justified that they play at the end of every season. It's you'll called never, "You'll Never you'll Never Leave you'll Harlan." Never leave Harlan al- yeah, you'll never leave Harlan alive. And Brad Paisley does a cover of it on one season, and it's so goddamn good. It's the only, one of the few times in my life where I paid for a single song off iTunes for like a dollar ninety nine. It was that fucking good, man. I never thought in a million years to give that kind of shit a chance until it was presented to me in a way where it, it was tolerable and I wanted to hear it. Then, now, you know? Bob, Bob, you watch you watch Supernatural, right? You've seen it. I have not seen all of it, so you, okay. I start. Yeah, I, I, so the last thing I can remember from Supernatural, Jesus Christ, hold on. Dean had already had the Kane's blade or whatever, and okay. then you all the angels fall. You got past season five, though. To me, yeah, I got to like season nine or something. Yeah, yeah. See, to me, season the season five. The show was only designed to go to season five. They had the whole show written till season five, and that's where it was supposed to end. Yeah. But it was so popular, they kept it going. But you, do you know how they play in in every single season finale? They play uh, Wayward Son by yeah. Kansas. In Justified, they play "You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive" by a different artist every single time, every okay. single season finale, just like Supernatural. So far. So far, what I've seen of Justified, I've really enjoyed. I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch it. And like I said, I had a lot of preconceived thoughts on uh, Olaf Fantastic. Fucking awesome. No, yeah, dude, like I said, I just remember Kevin Smith talking so much shit about him when we saw him. And I was like, God, he really fucking hates that guy because it was after Catch and Release, remember? Mm Mm-hmm. He just like he's a fucking douchebag, blah 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 blah. I'm like, wow, Jesus. And, and then you saw yoga hosers and realized Kevin wasn't the benchmark for opinion. No, Jesus <laughs> Christ, yoga hosers, fucking terrible, <laughs> fucking movie. Well, catch and release was like 20 years ago too. Like Oliphant's all the catch and release. Yeah, catch and release. He didn't I enjoyed catch and release. I, didn't, I enjoyed I catch it. and release. I, I I didn't mind it either. Um, Justified has definitely taken the place of my new favorite show. I think it's that. I think the writing is that good. Okay, I brought this up to Doug the other day, and I figured this would be up your alley. You may have seen it. You may not have seen it. Did you ever watch Jericho? Yes. Okay. It, it got cut off on season four, right? Like it just season ended, two. Season season two. two yeah. se- I knew it ended. It ended with no ending, and I remember yeah. it being so good. And I was angry that they they killed the show. Kind of how I, I felt have... with Deadwood after watching Deadwood this go around. I haven't watched Deadwood, so I still have to watch it. I'm literally catching up on, like, ten years of show. Hey, Bob, take it from a guy who just yeah. watched Deadwood for the first time this week. Skip the movie. It's going to piss you off okay. because it's just like Jericho. Deadwood's just like Jericho, where it, it's not an ending because they were supposed to continue and it got canceled. And then you're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is this is a pretty good show. I want to watch the movie. Don't watch the movie. So, I'm going to give you a list of huge shows that everyone tells me to watch that I haven't watched, and you guys fill me in whether I should or not. So, I'm watching Justified, per your recommendations. I've been told to watch The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's good. Never saw it. It's good. I've been told to watch Schitt's Creek. Stop after season two. Kimmy Schmidt gets bad after season two. 
I never saw Kimmy Schmidt. I know Joe Rogan said it was good. Never, never seemed interesting to me. Uh, Shit's Creek. I started watching the first season because many people told me to to give that a shot and and Letterkenny a shot. Neither of them did shit for me. Letterkenny didn't get me. Um, also, I haven't seen Carnival. That is a fantastic show. However, there's two seasons and only two seasons. And when you watch the final episode of season two. And you realize that you're not going to get to find out what happens to about 20 different fucking plot holes. You're going to be fucking angry. Especially when you go online to research it and find out that Dan Knopf, who created and wrote that show, had the plan to create like four or five more seasons. Had them already pre-fleshed out, a couple movies, and then everything fell through. He was going to try and make it into a graphic novel for the fans to finish the story. I don't think HBO would give him the rights. Some shit ha legally that, or some shit like that. That but literally sounds like it, the exact same story as Deadwood. After me researching Deadwood. It's the same time as Deadwood. Carnival was on around the same time as Deadwood. It wouldn't surprise me. Also, I've been told by so many people to watch Six Feet Under and I haven't seen it. I didn't like it. Six Feet Under is a beautiful show. I ended up liking it so much that I bought all of them on, on DVD, the box sets. Yeah, I remember you had the box set. I didn't care for the last season, but See, it's been so long since I've watched it, I'd have to refresh myself. But I remember enjoying that show quite a bit. I have had several people tell me that the finale to Six Feet Under was literally the best finale they've ever seen. Could be. And I'm, and I'm like, really? Couldn't be so no yeah, worse than Lost. Never watched Lost. It, it, tr Don't. Truth, truthfully, if we're not incorporating a whole TV show's run, like Supernatural... I would say the finale of season five to me is the best finale. Like, I, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you. Justified the way the show Justified ends, I literally think it was the perfect ending to a show. Don't say anything else because I'm I literally won't. just starting it. So, I and I think Breaking Bad has the best ending to a show. I love ending. Breaking Bad was pretty fucking close to perfect, man. I gotta rewatch. You know what it really boggles my mind? I gotta rewatch it and give it another chance. It, it, Breaking Bad. If if I had to sit down, I mean, we could sit and talk about shows that I love that I that I love so much. I've owned multiple versions of of the media formats. Breaking Bad is is without question to me my be all end all absolute favorite show of all time. And it boggles my mind when people tell me, "Yeah, I don't care for Better Call Saul," and I'm like, you know, I get it's a different show, but how it ties into Breaking Bad and how they tie it in and and the cool the cool shit that they're able to pull off. So far after Breaking Bad ended with the current cast that's in Better Call, it, it's just, I don't know, it's such an awesome little treat to have that show. And El Camino was a great thought and a great gesture, but it was poorly executed. Yeah, I did not, El Camino did not hold up for me personally. Um, a lot of people really seem to love it, but you know. The thing I'm most excited for right now, and you guys are going to laugh at me because, you know, I'm, I'm a horror junkie. So, Andy Machete is remaking The Howling for Netflix. What else? He's remade The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Andy Machete oh. made It and It too. I thought he made something else besides those, but okay. Yeah, those are that, that's what he's known for. Um, but the idea of The Howling being remade. Why bother? Dude, I love like, the original why? Howling. There's no point in, in remaking something that's already they they, they fucked. Has 
How many Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the 13th and Halloweens do we need to go through before we realize, like, you don't need to fix something that's not fucking broken. Create yeah, something see, new. This is the thing with The Howling, though. The Howling was one good film and then a bunch of shit sequels. I And he's gotten the original director and writers okay to basically just try to update it to a modern time period. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. You know, whether it's good or bad, I don't know. So, Andy Machete, his films include Mama, based on his own short film. It, It Chapter 2. He's currently filming The Flash. And, yeah, he's the one doing The Flash. I've heard some really... Some, some things about the story that they're trying to go with from what I understand. And I don't know how current it is. Cause it's been a little, I've tried, I try not to read or, or watch too many things anymore. Uh, I like being, I find myself enjoying a little surprise with stuff nowadays, but I have read a little bit about the flash and, and it's been a while since I have, but the last thing I remember reading is that they were going to try and do a flashpoint paradox story movie based on the comic. And what would be interesting about that to me, aside from the fact that it's an, it's an interesting, uh, it's a fascinating story and a, an interesting movie I'd like to see done in a live action setting because I've seen the animated version and they did do a season of The Flash where it was all Flashpoint uh, mm -hmm. themed. But I would like to see them, it, what I read about it being last, being like towards a Flashpoint Paradox film, I would like to see that because it would be an interesting way to incorporate how they brought Ezra Miller into the TV show Flash last season for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now that they right. now that they've established that the DCEU and the TV universe and the comics and the old movies it's all one big canon universe, like the possibilities are endless. And it bother it bothers me because there's a lot of my friends who I knew to be DC fans when we were kids who will not give DC any more chances because the the movies the last I mean half of the movies that have come out for them I've just been garbage. Yeah. No, I I was never the biggest DC fan. I was always more Marvel. That's just the way I grew up. Um, and I think you're going to see the same thing happen with Marvel with the next two films with Multiverse of Madness and then um, Spider-Man No Way Home. The fact that you're going to have all three movie Spider-Man in the same movie you know, what kind of timeline fuckery are they going to pull to pull this off? I'm still waiting to see how they're going to connect. Um, now, that, like, like we've talked about it, I, I'm fascinated to see how they're going to take uh, a character from Sokovia who was the experiment of, of uh, Strucker mm -hmm. in Hydra, and that's how they explain her and her brother's powers. Now that they've got the X-Men rights, and they're gonna, they, we know they're bringing the X-Men in, and they've already introduced so many X-Men elements in the WandaVision show, and, and they've named her Scarlet Witch and presented the Darkhold, now I want to know, how are you going to introduce Magneto as her and Petro's father? Right. Tell me how the fuck that's going to happen. Yeah, dude, I I'm very curious to see how they do it. I'm super excited to see how they incorporate the X-Men. I mean, not every Marvel film is perfect. Far from it. I mean, there's a lot of Marvel films that have bombed for me. You know, Captain uh, Marvel, Black Panther. You know, Captain Marvel. Uh, Iron Man 2. <laughs> Captain Marvel, I was okay with. A lot of people hated it. I was okay with it. I liked Brie Larson. Um, I didn't think the movie was great. 
Black Panther, it, I loved parts of it, and parts of it I thought were absolute shit. Um, as a whole, that. as a whole, I get why so many people embrace Black Panther. I, oh, I get absolutely. it, absolutely. Um, and, and, and like I said, me and me and Justin Williams were talking casting wise. You look at that cast. If Forrest Whitaker is the one you forget about, if Forrest Whitaker is like, eh, whatever. Oh yeah, he's in it too. You got a really good fucking cast, you know. So I think the casting was the best thing about Black Panther. I I agree. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think first and foremost, soundtrack too. I'm a big Chadwick good Boseman soundtrack. fan. I like. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Every part he's done, even like his supporting characters on TV shows. Like I forgot he was in the Shield. Like he he makes whatever part. Never seen he's that doing. show. Uh, it's okay. Not the greatest, not not, not the worst. I think it sucks because he was the only person who could have played Black Panther the way he did, as good as he did. And I think it's really rough for them to try to make another Black Panther movie without him because I don't think it's going to be good without him. I think Jermaine Fowler has proven to all of us through Coming to America 2 that he could clearly step into the role of T'Challa if he needed to. Was he the one who played uh, Eddie's son? The main character? I'll tell you what. Love or hate coming to America too. I really did like his performance. I thought he's he made the movie. He's a funny comedian. I like Jermaine Fowler. He's a genuinely funny stand-up comedian. For me, you know, like I said, growing up, me and Doug had this conversation. Like as a kid growing up reading comics, you do your dream cast as a kid. You know what I mean? Oh God, I remember. Do you remember Wizard Magazine doing that every? Oh yeah. Month? Yeah. When Tom Cruise was always Iron Man. And he was supposed to be Iron Man. You know, that was that was on the board. Do you remember when DiCaprio was supposed to be Spider-Man? DiCaprio was supposed to be Spider-Man, and James Cameron was supposed to write and direct Directed. Spider-Man. He did uh, write it. There's a bootleg video that I have a copy of it that I bought. Uh, you, you, can buy, you can probably find it online, but you, I bought it at a convention, a comic convention. Uh, this group of, of guys who were special effects, aspiring special effects artists, made an actual feature-length Spider-Man movie called The Green Goblin's Last Stand or The Green Goblin's Revenge and, and filmed it all on their own, did all the stunts, all the special effects, all the costume work. And for a comic fan, it was cool because it, the costumes were comic accurate. Unbelievable in a real-world setting, but comic yeah. accurate. And they made this movie as an audition to be hired by James Cameron to do the effects for the Spider-Man movie. It's a, it's an interesting thing to watch. You can find it on YouTube, and if I can send you the link, you can post it somewhere if you know how to do that up in the corner bullshit. But Studio AVI... Smash that uh, like and subscribe button. Right. Ring that bell. But, um... <laughs> so... So they did this test of this animatronic head for Willem Dafoe for Green Goblin and it was comic accurate in every way. I remember it, it looked awesome. It was fucking perfect and I'm like why did we get this stupid Power Rangers mask? Like why did we uh. Hey! I'll let you up if you if you promise to join me Spider-Man. No thank you. I don't want to. Spider-Man 2. Great film. Spider-Man mm. 1. I don't like as much. Spider-Man 1's clearly not as good. I, Paul and I previewed Spider-Man 2 at Regal Cinemas. Uh, Mike Muster got mad because he was f like 10 seconds late to the opening, and we waited our asses off for him to show up to watch it with us. Um, to this day, 
Though I, I like those Spider-Man movies. I even like the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie, to be honest I, with you. I haven't seen either one. Spider-Man? Oh. I like The second it. one is horrendous. The first one is really well made. Um, but Spider-Man 2, every time I, I see... my The best part of that entire movie is, is when Aunt May's packing up her house and the little neighbor boy's helping her carry boxes out. And uh, she's talking to Peter. And uh, I'm going to start crying just fucking even thinking about this shit, man. Uh, she's, she starts... Uh, she's like, me and... Whatever his name was, I'll say Scotty. Me and little Scotty agree we don't see much of Spider Man anymore. Well, I don't know. Well, you you take his photograph, don't you? Where is he? Me, 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 me. Like, why does he miss Spider Man so much? She's like, well, he knows a hero when he sees one, and the world needs here. Like that entire fucking speech that she lays out, why the world needs heroes and needs hope. Oh, motherfucker! Like it's just so goddamn good, and she is so good as Aunt May. I forget her name now. On the Aunt May conversation, I don't know if Marissa Tomei was the right choice. But I'll oh take any God, excuse to stare at Marissa Tomei. She's definitely my favorite Aunt May. Oh my gosh. She's the only Aunt May I've ever wanted to spill DNA all over. <laughs> I guarantee you, right. I own The Wrestler on Amazon, on Amazon, on Amazon Fire. I, I bought it. I don't, look, I guarantee you, I don't if know Doug what goes you on his fire to that film. I, I guarantee if Doug goes to his fire stick right now, looks up The Wrestler, and presses play, it will be in the strip club scene and Marissa Tomei will be naked. I will bet my life on that. Marissa Tomei as Aunt May may be the first time I've ever thought this, but I want to see um, a triple X spoof porn made of just Aunt May and, and Peter Parker in a Spider-Man suit. I don't know why. I'm going to bet that exists. <laughs> you know what? Power of the internet at the tip of my fingers. Look, dude, if Edward Penis Hands exists, this exists. Rule 42 of the internet. If it exists, there's a porn made of it. Aunt May and Peter <laughs> Porn. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spider-Man Aunt May porn videos. Pornhub. Alright, let's see what this is. This is just a random... Okay. Amazing Spider-Girl. <laughs> There's a girl in a really in in the Spider-Man PS4 game that came out that costume with the white spider logo. There's a girl with a skin tight that Spider-Man costume with red MJ flowing natural hair with a big old crank in her mouth, man. If you want to be Ooh, truly disturbed right by a porn parody, look up the Pokemon porn parody. And the Pikachu will fucking weird you out. I disagree. The the way what's weird, way weirder than that is April O'Neil's Ninja Turtle porn parody, where she blows all four of the Ninja Turtles at the end, and they shoot green goo on her face. <laughs> what the fuck? That, you know what? Let me look it up. I'll, I'll send you the link. Hold on a second, I, Bob. I, know, I, I don't want the link. I don't want the uh, link. All right, on its way, brother. On its way. I don't want that. Can I tell you? I watched the movie. Forever um, unclean. The other day, I watched the movie "I Love You, Man" with Jason Segel and Paul Rudd. I didn't finish it. God, I love that fucking movie. But I hadn't seen it in so long, and Rob Hubel from Human Giant is, is plays the dickhead uh, workmate of, of Paul Rudd, like a couple cubicles over, and he's got frosted tips. Oh, yeah. And, and he's in the office, and he's like, hey, did you, see, did you see that video I said? She's like, what video? He's like, check this out. It's, it's a grandma riding a Sibian. It's a grandma riding a Sibian. He's like, dude, I don't want to see it. He starts walking away. He's like, dude, I'm going to send it to you. Don't send it to me. Dude, I already sent it to you.
Congratulations, bro. He goes to open his computer. He's like, it opened itself. Can't get it to close. <laughs> Look, I went down a Crispin Glover rabbit hole one night, and I've yeah. never recovered. I, I have learned a lot about Walt. Oh, dude. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, Crispin Glover's strange. I've learned a lot about really him, Your mic's really hot, Doug. I learned a huh? lot. Your mic's really hot, Doug. My mic's really hot? Yeah. Really? You can actually hear me for a change? I'm surprised, I man. can hear what you're... I can hear <laughs> the Turtles and April O'Neil. Please make it stop. Are you for real? You heard that? Yes. Please, God, make it stop. But, Bob, I've been learning a lot about him the last couple of days watching interviews. <laughs> and he I actually... I was the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he is actually one of the most normal dudes I've ever heard talk, and he explains a lot of his characters. I'm not opening that, you piece of shit. <laughs> he sent me a timestamp of when to open it. <laughs> yeah, otherwise you gotta watch Casey Jones fuck April. <laughs> oh, that's horrible, dude. Look, this is what I have to deal with. I've seen that one. Oh my god. <laughs> I gotta cut that out, dude. I gotta cut that shit out, man. You just gotta add hashtag TMNT, hashtag Pornhub, hashtag Dark Comedy. April O'Neil is one of my favorite. Is maybe my only, the only porn star I like actually following, man. I, I that woman is so goddamn hot. Is that a real person? That's the girl in that video. She she produces. Her name is her. Her poor name is April O'Neil, but she's a, a nerd girl out uh, uh, from in California. She's like into comic books and shit and pinball, and she writes and produces almost all of the porn she makes, and most of it is all spoof, spoof and parody porn based off pop cult, pop culture shit she loves. There's her. She does the Pokemon one. She does a Simpson. Not I don't know if she does the Simpsons one, but she does like a, a Rick and Morty one. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Like she she she's a she, she's just beautiful she's like really I don't know she's beautiful and she seems cool as fuck man I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> do you ever go and I know Paul doesn't go on Instagram but like do you ever go on your Instagram and go to the search bar and it gives you a list of what's trending picture wise video wise on Instagram across the board and Twitter and everything else and if you nine times out of ten when you go to the search bar it's it's all I, at least for me it is, and I don't know if it's an algorithm or not, but it's all big-breasted women. <clears throat> Usually middle-aged housewives, not so much attractive, but great bodies, humongous, ridiculously oversized tits. Now, a few of these I have clicked on out of curiosity because you can't really tell they're small thumbnails. And I'm cutting this all out because the reason I'm telling you is I've, I'm not even bullshitting. I've looked at five different women, and every time I open up their profile by clicking on a picture, it says followed by. <laughs> he follows big titted white women just randomly on his. I'm forcing Doug not to cut it out. We'll get more views with a puppy. Hi, puppy. Mm. I have to ask, unfortunately, how much did she cost you? 800. It's not horrible. Oh, it's, it's how much in the window. Girls were 800, uh, boys were 700. 
How much is that dog? Uh, Thirteen. The there were thirteen puppies in the litter, and out of the thirteen, there was only three girls. Can you hear the music playing? Yeah. Why are you watching the Ninja Turtle video and you want to mask it with music? No, I just didn't know if it was. I didn't want to get like taken down because of the music. Oh. Oh, these are your new headphones. No, 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 no. I took those back because I need a new car stereo. So. You needed a new car stereo. I would actually say that's more required yeah. for his job. <laughs> yeah. You should get a mini school bus, strip it, pimp it out, put a stripper pole in. No. You're not business savvy. Okay. Um, so. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> you can't go back because we're recording right now. Otherwise. Hey, man. I can always go back in time. <laughs> hey, man. Have you ever tried it on weed? You never tried making cops head steel. <laughs> you know, maybe because I reopened my windows and he insulated them, I feel like my eyes look bluer. Your eyes are blue, Paul. I'd like they purple, bluer than normal. Like some. Like some black girl working late shift at a Hess gas station in Southwest Florida at like two in the morning. Purple. Hi, <laughs> ah, my name's Passion. I've known a lot of girls who've worked at Sunoco's and racetracks and that with with those contacts where their eyes are that co that color. When I delivered, I, I would just drive with no AC, drink water all day long, deliver under the sun, and then just stop and eat garbage food by myself. Holy shit! One. <laughs> that timing was fucking awesome. I would just drive around and eat garbage food. And then John logs in like, huh? <laughs>